on this episode of Sex and Healing. Slowly making these decisions based on that sacral center and the way things started to just like, the universe just rearranged itself in my favor, you know, like time and time again, even though it was really scary, to the point where people started saying to me like, what are you doing? Like, what's happening here? Tell me about it. When I was like, really like, it really shattered me in a way to my core because I spend my whole life, and this comes through my human design chart too, basically being an overachiever. It takes a lot of mental courage to be able to go against society's standards and values and rules and the mainstream and perhaps what our families are doing or even our partners. I was talking to this counselor and I constantly felt like I had to kind of justify myself or explain myself or defend myself all the time. It wasn't like he really got it. And at one point he said, well, you're a demanding person. And I was like, demanding of what? The truth? The universe wants me to be me. There's a reason why I have these gifts and these skills and this nature right now. I came to earth at this time with a reason and being me is necessary. So the universe is gonna provide everything that I need to be me. That That's the deconditioning that we need to go through. It's not like we have to step oh, yeah. out of alignment to get into alignment. Hello and welcome back to the Sex and Healing Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Kiner, and thank you so much for joining me as we take a wild ride together through the realms of sex and healing. I have a very special guest for you today, and I know I probably say that every time. <laughs> I probably say this is a very special guest, but I mean it. All of my guests are very, very special people. But if you've been listening to the Welcome Back to Season 3 episode or the You Are Valid episode, you would have heard me ranting and raving about the life-changing human design reading that I had. And so I'm very, very excited to bring her to you today, the beautiful Emmy Ray. Welcome, Emmy. Thank you so much. It's so good to see you and to be here with you. I know. It's awesome. I may have shared it in my previous episodes. I don't remember if I how deep I went into, but what happened for me was I actually don't even know how I found you on Instagram. Perhaps someone had shared something or something. But anyway, I came across you. I found your Instagram TV. I started watching it and I was like, I'm obsessed with this girl. Like I love her. <laughs> I don't know her but my heart loves this being. (laughs) And I immediately just went, I'm booking a reading. (laughs) So it's not often that I find that online. I have a really strong discernment over what's important to me, which is authenticity and an embodiment and what I hope to be a very true expression of someone's essence, not someone that's trying to be someone or not someone that's trying to project a certain image or tell me who they are or tell me what they do. I'm looking deeper than that. And that was just like pouring out of you in bucket loads of authenticity and grace and gentleness and femininity. And then I met you and I'm equally as obsessed with you now. I was right. (laughs) You are amazing. (laughs) Thank you. That's so nice. So much. (laughs) Well, I'll give a little backstory before we start asking you some more questions. But essentially when I had that human design reading with you, it became a catalyst or it was part of a chain reaction of events that have absolutely transformed my life, which is crazy to think because I love transformation and everyone would look at me and say, that's a girl that knows herself. That's a girl who's got confidence and she knows who she is. And yet I've just gone to the next echelon of really what that means to truly here come the tears. <laughs> Here comes the emoting. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> but what I realized and why I did a whole episode about validity or being valid is because you really empowered, you understood me or you saw me to a depth that not many people do. And there was an intricacy to the way that you could see me via my chart and understood me that made me realize I've been holding back in so many ways, some in subtle ways, some in obvious ways, but almost in every area of my life, there's more to me than what I'd been sharing. And so I have just felt so ready to go to that next level of what it means to be Aaron being Aaron. So I have said no 
as a good generator should to so many fucking yes. things, Emmy. You have no idea of the amount of shedding that I'm going through right now. And I'm really proud of the way that I'm handling these tests from the universe because I'm like, right, bring it, universe. I want what's on the other side. Like, show me where I'm holding myself back. Show me where I've been holding on to relationships that don't don't serve me or that I've been afraid or show me where I've been keeping myself small. I just fucking want the test because I want what's on the other side. And I feel like almost like I've been free diving and I don't know if you've ever gone free diving, but it's a beautiful thing to be one with the ocean. And at the same time, you're completely going against your biology. So yeah. you take this giant breath and you start going down and it gets darker and darker and the pressure of the water gets stronger. And at some point your lungs go, fuck, I want to breathe. And they start twitching and seizing in your chest and you have to say, no, it's okay. I've got enough oxygen. Like, you know that your body's just saying, I've got too much carbon dioxide, but I've got enough oxygen. But your body's like, I don't care. I want to fucking breathe. And you're just like, I'm going to go deeper and I'm going to go darker. And my ears are killing me and my lungs are killing. Like, it's so unnatural in so many ways, but you get to where you're aiming to go. And then you look up and you're like, fuck, I've got so, like, I'm still so far away from the oxygen. (laughs) So you start making your way up just thinking, fuck, I feel like I'm going to die. But at some point the water pressure starts to ease, you know, like the lungs have more space. So that feels like relief. And then the light starts to come in and you're like, oh my God, I'm getting near the top. And that's where I am right now. Oh my <laughs> I'm God. I'm in that final place of like, fuck, I'm about to break through something massive and I have no idea what's on the other side. But this is truly the next level. And you, my darling Emmy, was such <laughs> a big part of that. So thank you. I love this analogy so much. Like it actually gave me chills to hear about it. You know, it's I mean, I haven't been free diving because I'm so scared of everything. But like <laughs> I blame it on my open spleen. But like sometimes I say, like with generators, when you actually like it's like surrendering to like the void. It feels like you're free falling. That's what it feels like. That's it. And I've done that so many times. So what your reading also did for me was to show me who I am and how I need to operate in the world. I was able to look back and say, yeah, I've done that before. Every time I've had great success in my business. So my reading with Emmy, for those of you that haven't heard my previous episodes, was specifically about how to run my business in alignment with my chart. So I looked back over the last 10 years of running my business where I've had these grand moments of magical success and it was all at the times where I was doing what you guided me to do. So it gives me such confidence. I'm doing it again. I've done it so many times. Maybe it's the fact that my spleen is so fucking defined. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm <defined>. fucking fearless. <laughs> I'll throw myself into death at any time that I can. But it's like I'm doing it this time. I have dropped into the spaciousness and the femininity and the the void with such knowing it's going to work out. Like I've never had that before. I've been battling the voices, even though it feels right to do this, there's always been the voice, but what about money? And what about this? And what if you don't do this? And you should be doing this. Like those voices aren't there. I'm like, nah, spirit's got me. Yeah. Thank you. How fucking lucky am I that I just get to be me? This is being me. Of course, the universe wants to support me in being me. And of course, like one of the things that you said about the generators in these periods of void is it was like an arrow being drawn backwards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, Erin, you're being drawn so far backwards now. You're letting go of so many fucking things. Like think of how far forward you can go. And I know I can't rush it. I can't let go. I can't rip the rosebud open. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. It's like don't even try, Erin, because you're going to do it an injustice to what can come through and what wants to come through you. So it's just like, as I said, it was a chain reaction. It was you. It was another girl that I had on the podcast, Amanda. It was my previous partner. Just all of these things, these messages, these affirming, validating messages that I feel so few of us on the planet have had the privilege of having because society's been Mm. telling us for so long who we need to be. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Ah. So enough about me because you're here as my guest and I haven't stopped talking. (laughs) I know, but I could just listen to you forever. (laughs) Well, also, let me bring it back to myself and the individual circuitry in my human design chart that says, talk, Erin, make it about yourself. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) But I would love to hear a bit more of your story. How did human design come into your world and what do you feel called most to share about human design? 
Yeah, it's so interesting. It's like when I first came across human design, I really rejected it. You know, I was like, another fucking thing. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, we or I have so many things. Like, you know, my I'm Barter and I'm Pisces and I don't want to know, like, you know, anything else that makes me just weird and crazy and whatever. So I pushed <laughs> it away. And then it just kept, you know, like, again, I'm a generator. So it just kept, like, coming. It just kept bumping into me. And, um when it really like hit me was when I, I traveled from Sydney to like Montana to this tiny town called uh, Helena in, it took me like three days to get there. And I was going there to study restorative yoga with like the woman who kind of, you know, she's like in her seventies mm. about to retire. The woman who made restorative yoga a thing, I guess. And I was like, I've got to go and study with her. I was like the youngest person by 20 years on this thing. <laughs> it was in the middle of nowhere. I got there and I was like, I can't leave. I was in, it's called feathered pipe ranch. That was what it's called. I can't leave here for a week and I'm doing nothing. And I was just like about to have a breakdown because I thought that I could rest, but absolutely not. And, um, it was it was like there on the grass listening to a podcast trying to fill the like all the spaciousness that I had that I heard about human design again and and then that evening because everyone else went to bed at like 7 30 p.m you know and I was awake a little bit later than that I was by myself and I was like I'm gonna look up my human design chart um and at first when I heard I was a generator I was just like I hate that. I want to be so common. You know, I'm not common. I'm weird. I'm interesting. I'm so special. Like the builder, the worker. Uh-uh. Uh, same. Then, you feel like too? Short, yeah. yeah, I was so dismissive of the whole process yeah. because of that. Yeah, I was like, no, nah, can't yeah. be right. Not me. Find myself totally. in the system. <laughs> totally. And it's so funny. Like so many generators um, have that reaction. Then when you really look into what makes a generator a generator it's like we're so like we're so mystical do you know what I mean we're so yes. like I, I really feel generators like super sensual super connected to the earth and super connected to the universe because you're not meant to be like initiating your life you're meant to mm. be like following the crumbs you know and then yes. what comes your way but Anyway, when I was um, in this crazy place in, in the middle of nowhere, like literally the airport was like full of cowboys. It was honestly the biggest <laughs> culture shock I've ever had in my life. It's amazing. <laughs> I was looking at the human design chart and I was just like, I, I, I don't really know how to describe it other than it just made sense to me. You know, there was just yeah. like a moment that it just really made sense to me and I then looked up everyone I could everyone I could possibly get their birth details from on the plan I just looked up everyone's birth details <laughs> and was and it was very I was very private about it for a long time you know I was like I didn't want to be this weird person because no one had heard of it and I was just like doing it for myself and um what happened was with I was teaching yoga at the time. I was a full-time yoga teacher. And if you've if there's any full-time yoga teachers listening, you know that it can be a hustle um, mm -hmm. sometimes. And I love, love teaching yoga. I love teaching yoga then, but I was just like, this isn't like it's not sustainable that I'm teaching all over the place. I'm teaching 6 a.m. I'm teaching until 9 p.m. and I'm not really making enough money to get by and all this kind of thing. And so I started implementing my human design. And, and making really um, kind of irresponsible decisions from an outsider's perspective about the work I was doing. Like I was just like, okay, I don't, I don't feel inspired or lit up by teaching corporate yoga, but in my head and, and everyone else's opinion, corporate yoga is how you teach yoga and kind of like still make a livable income. But this was the story a few years ago anyway. And so I started to let go of my corporate clients and this and that. Um, you know, just, just slowly, not in this really, you know, I've got no money to pay my rent, but I'm just going to quit my job kind of situation, but just slowly making these decisions based on that sacral center and the way things started to just like the universe just rearranged itself in my favor, you know, like time and time again, even though it was really scary to the point where people started saying to me, like, what are you doing? Like, what's happening here? Tell me about it. Um, there's some magic some there's something yeah something <laughs> like, there I'm curious about <laughs> yeah people just really so it was something that I just I, I was very secretive about it for a long time until people started to like pull it out of me um 
Yeah. That's amazing. I, and I heard that you say you're Pisces. I'm Pisces dominant in my chart as well. So again, the little sweet, sensitive souls that we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no wonder we spotted each other. No wonder. <laughs> Safety. But yeah. For me, human design, I've first heard about seven years ago and like I said I just dismissed it and astrology Mm -hmm. had been so meaningful in my life but I feel like it's now at the forefront of my life because I'm ready for the knowledge that it holds and I've found that in many things in my life it shows up when you're ready for those kind of lessons and for whatever reason prior to that I haven't needed these human design readings but now I'm just like human design crazy like listening and reading every night because from that basic level of understanding and people had given me generated reports, you know, computerized reports that basically says you have this gate and this gate and this. And it kind of felt to me like you've got the letter A and the letter B and the letter C. But as a standalone thing, I'm like, oh, that's nice, the letter A. Like, (laughs) cool. (laughs) Without much context, we don't know that that can be part of an amazing story. So it was really in the reading with you and your beautiful way of going to such a depth you know, like you weren't just looking at the fundamentals. You and you had said you're not the girl next door. <laughs> oh, this is not the chart of the girl next door or something. And I was like, I'm so yeah. seen. Do you know how much I've wanted to be a girl next door? Sometimes though, like yeah, the 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 path of someone that's a bit more moderate or a bit more mainstream appears easy sometimes when you feel like a weirdo. But I know that so many people listening and so many people that choose to listen to what I have to say is because they feel the same as us, that we're different, we're the kind of outlayers, the outcasts. Sometimes it can feel like we're outcasts because we're, we're especially the women that feel deeply or the women that feel deeply sexual that are in my audience that are just like, I'm not like them and we internalize that in some way and we make it that we're the problem and that's often the messaging that we've had is like we need to change get a thicker skin stop being so sensitive stop being so emotional like be more realistic save for your retirement do you know how happy I am to know that I have a (laughs) six in my chart and my life takes off over 50 because I have oh yeah much resistance to superannuation (laughs) I can't even tell you I just think saving for super is just the stupidest thing and I'm like oh that's now I know that my success will continue to grow everything good is going to come for me after 50 or it's only going to get better after 50 that I don't need to worry at 20 about like oh what am I going to do about my retirement so totally you know human design lets us be different and sees the gifts inherent in that so how long has it been now that you've been reading human design it's it's hard to know exactly when it happened because it was at first just, it was so interesting. I went so deep with a few friends in the beginning that weren't paying me, you know, that would just like tell mm. me everything. And we would text all day, every day about like, okay, I'm making this kind of decision or this. And, and I was talking to people often who were very different to me. Like I was an emotional manifester, was one friend and a projector was another friend. And, you know, I'm a sacral generator. So in the beginning, it was just so interesting to work really deeply with friends on this experiment. And also um, at the time I was working with someone and collaborating a lot and we were kind of collaborating in this very new way that like honored mm. our design and just to see that. But I think I think it's been about two and a half years or three years of like doing readings. Just, wow. yeah. Yeah. Emmy. By other people's standards, that would still be quite a novice. And you read like you've been reading for over a decade. I cannot believe you just said two and a half years. Yeah. So my astrologer, who I love so fucking deeply, I met her. Actually, I was getting a singing lesson in London in 2010 when I'd moved to London. And I said to this guy, what? what's your astrology? And he said, I'm a Virgo. And I was like, oh, I could have sworn you're a Cancer because I'm a Cancer son. And I was like, I could have sworn you're a yeah. Cancer. And he said, yeah, my moon is in cancer. And I was like, oh, do you know that? Like (laughs) at that point, I didn't know other people who were talking about astrology to that degree, like to know what their moon sign is. And especially because it was a dude as well. And I was like, how do you know that? And he said, I had this amazing reading with an astrologer and he'd had a very, very extreme case of gay bashing. And he, in this reading, was so put off by how accurately she was reading him and the things that she knew about his intimate and personal life and relationships that he just became immediately distrusting. 
And so she said, so tell me about this incident. When, when did this happen? And he said he gave her the day and the month, but the wrong year. And she went through her calculations and she's like, oh, that's funny. And she went through it again and she went through it again. And she's like, I'm sorry to say this, but was it really as bad as what you said it was? And he said, it took me three months of rehabilitation in hospital. And she's like, it just doesn't make sense. And she'd do her calculations again. And she said, I'm really sorry to question you, but are you sure this is the right date? And he said, actually, no, it's not. He gave her the right date. And she did one calculation and she looked at him. She said, you are lucky to be alive. And you never should have left the house that day. And you know it. And I was like, oh my God, did you know it? Like, he's like, He'd had such trauma with his mum, who'd always called him fat that he ran every day without questioning it. His own inner, you know, self-judgment wouldn't have even let him listen to the fact he didn't want to run. So he went out for a run on a Saturday morning in Manchester and it happened. So I was like, I have to meet this woman. So I went around to her house. She's been reading astrology for 50 years. Like she is a grandmother. Wow. You know, she's been really yeah. it's like a foreign language that she knows to that degree. She sees your past lives and like even with me, she looked at my chart, she hit record. Well, actually, as soon as she saw me, she's like, you have a very special chart, which is what you said too. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. And she hit record. She'd had all these hand-drawn charts as well. You know, she draws it like her connection to it's amazing. All these hand-drawn charts, she hits record and she looks at me and she said, you were very badly abused as a child. It was emotional, physical, and sexual, and it was all at the hands of a parent. And I was like, holy shit I just burst into tears I'm like how can someone see that how can like all you're looking at is these like graphs that don't tell you anything about me but actually it tells you everything about me and so she helped me understand why I'd been through the life experiences that I had she brought me so much peace and so much understanding but she also said to me oh no you're not here to be a flight attendant oh no you're not here to be a life coach no 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 no. and like it was so far away from who I was at the time it was hard to ingest the information and I've subsequently gone back to listen to that reading and I was like oh she's so accurate (laughs) so this incredible woman has been a guide of mine for a long time like that's what 11 years now so my connection with astrology and my connection with her but I've tried other astrologers and oh my god it's like Again, it's like reading the ABCs when I've been speaking to a professor. You know, we're going back to the right, basic fundamentals totally. or even things that I could Google myself. So I have almost been ruined by very, very good readers. So, you know, like what I'm looking for in the world, I'm kind of dismissive of people in the early stages, even though we need that. Like there's a place for everything. Yeah. When we're starting out anything, we have clients who are ready for the information at that Mm -hmm. level. Like I get it. It's all perfect. But what I'm looking for is something else. And like for you to be at this level, Emmy, in two and a half years of reading, I hope you realize how truly gifted you are at this. Thank you. Oh, that's, yeah, and I do, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like a newborn. Do you know what I mean? But I also feel like a newborn, but it also feels like, I don't know, like everything, all everything I've done in my life, like the, the yoga stuff, like poetry was a part of who I was, all these kind of things. It's like in some way have informed um, these readings. I don't know if that makes sense, but Absolutely. yeah. Yeah, it's, there's like that very wise, ancient part of your soul that knows this knowledge and there's the new curious newborn as well who gets to explore yes. it again for what feels like yeah. the first time. Amazing. So what I'd love to do in today's episode is really dive into what it means to be feminine and how human design might be able to support our femininity. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it so much. And let me ask you first, what's your journey with your femininity been like? Yeah. it's So it's such an interesting one. And it's so funny, this, um, this restorative retreat that I was on um, where human design really just like, it's almost like it woke up in me, you know, like it just, Mm. it's just like the switch turned back on um, was really fascinating because I had, I remember I had this uh, massage, I guess it was like a sound healing and a massage from this woman. And, you know, I, I took all my money that I had to go to this retreat. Like it was, you know, and the massage was expensive, but I just was like, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to do this. And it was at a time where I was very cautious about that kind of stuff. And she said to me, she said, you look so feminine, you know, like you look so feminine and delicate or whatever, but you're so 
so in your masculine, like it just, you're just so far into the other side. And it made me cry because I really, like, I really felt that deep in my bones. Um, And I remember speaking to someone at the retreat afterwards and her saying, oh, she's full of shit, whatever. Like you are, look, you're so pretty. You're so feminine, like this kind of thing when I was like really like it really shattered me in a way Mm. to my core because um I spend my whole life and this comes through my human design chart too basically being an overachiever you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. really being and and this is something I think a lot of general I mean I think a lot of us in general but definitely a lot of generators can relate to like um hooking your value on what can I achieve like where can I go what can I prove to others, um, you know, that I am worthy or hardworking. Like so many of us tend to definitely lose ourselves in that, in that space. And so it's probably only been the last few years and definitely the last, just the last year um, in particular that I really part of like surrendering into that and actually whenever I'm in Bali I feel that I can drop into it really easily mm. I don't know if like other people say this to you or you see it in yourself mm-hmm. but I go into I, I I'm in Bali and I can like when I release the um even the the discipline around like how I structure my business and how I do my practices and how I move about my day for me actually the I can be so hyper disciplined and mm. so rigid that the more I actually go like babe do whatever you want like you know have two coffees and and eat a croissant do you know what I mean like just when I'm that's when I actually feel that like everything flows everything's easy and I feel kind of hot and I feel you know I feel really me um Mm -hmm. as opposed to like okay I've got to get up and I've got to have I don't know my lemon water my meditation and all and I do all those things but when I'm just like release the grip to me Mm -hmm. then I feel I can I can uh, come out. And there's also, I think the part of me too, that being in the, in the yoga world from a pretty young age and feeling that like dressing up or caring about how you look or even Mm -hmm. being a sexual person was like a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. like not super accepted. It definitely has been only recently that I let it go of a lot of that conditioning too, I feel, you know, um yeah. yeah so it's been it's been a journey that's for sure hasn't it for all of us I think oh know, yeah very patriarchal world we live in no matter how feminine our essence may be at the core we live in a world that hasn't really supported that or taught us that or given us really good role models for what that looks like in a really healthy kind of way yeah so what does human design have to say about well is it evident in people's human design chart when they have a feminine essence yeah, it's really interesting. There's a few different ways you can look at it. And one of one of the very interesting ways is actually the arrows on the top of the chart. You'll see four arrows. And um, again, you know, if so if the arrow points to the left, it has a little bit more of a more masculine, more linear quality. This doesn't mean that if you have all four arrows pointing to the left, you're not feminine, but this is just one area that it mm-hmm. shows up in a really interesting way. But depending on the placement of the arrows, so for example, if you look at a chart now and you look at the top left arrow, if that points to the right, then you are someone who's actually designed to be almost inconsistent in a way, you know? So you're designed to be someone who, I guess the term would be like goes with flow moves with how you feel and and in a way I feel that all generators are actually I think any generator on the planet is a deeply feminine being because you're not supposed to move from that mental space of like Mm. okay I have to have a green smoothie to be healthy and then I have to work out to be fit because that's not how it works as a generator That's not when we move from, we can move from that space for the rest of our lives and never feel well and never feel healthy and never feel Mm -hmm. kind of full. Um, So yeah, the, anywhere you have a right arrow in your chart, it's asking you to actually release the grip and release the consistency and release the strong kind of linear routine. And also, you know, yeah, all generators definitely reflectors too, very much like, very, very um, feminine beings in that deep kind of deepest part. Mm. 
And so how does, if our chart has these indicators that say you're best, you know, operating in this way and we're not, like we're just living in the way that our family taught us to or our society has recommended or our workplace recommends, what kind of impact does that have on us? What's the benefit of actually saying, okay, I'm going to change the way that things are done and things are operating and I'm going to move more in line with my, what my chart recommends? Yeah. So even just to use a personal example, which I think is like easy to get a picture of it, even for me, I, I grew up in a family of, of manifesting generators with a lot of left arrows. Mm-hmm. So I grew up um, with you know, my family kind of like gets up at the same time every day and has a very morning routine is very linear, very structured, very kind of like disciplined. And that works really well for their charts to almost there. There are some charts where if you almost don't set up your day for success, it's a little bit all over. It's a little Mm -hmm. bit like all or nothing. Whereas my chart being a generator, being a right arrow, but also being very open in my chart, I definitely made myself fit the mold of the discipline, the structure, the morning routine, the, you know, all, all the things. And for a long time, I was, you know, I was doing everything right, you know, I was eating super well, ex- like all the right things. But like, I didn't have great self-esteem. I had bad skin. I didn't feel, I felt, I felt really like I was banging my head against a brick wall. That's kind of the mm. feeling like I'm doing everything right and I'm ticking all the boxes, but it's like the door is shut and I can't get in. Um, and it was very, for me, for some people, they hear they have these right arrows or they have this more um, inconsistent way of being in the world and they go, thank fucking God, I've been waiting my whole life for someone to tell me that. <laughs> Done. But for me, I was like, no. I'm so consistent. I'm so disciplined. I can't. And it was like years of letting that go. And actually when I let go of it, I was like, I'm so lazy. I'm not, you know, it was very like, I had to, I had to really go through the dirt. I had to really do a lot of work um, to be okay with it. And of course, the more that I let it go and still today, it's still a process of like with my business, it's like, babe, you don't have to be working because it's 9am on a Wednesday, you know, You know you don't, but it's it's still it still comes up from time to time, of course. Um, but the more I the more I let it go, the more the doors open. That's yes. really how it felt, and that I could just like it wasn't. I think for generators too, and again, we can have health issues and things like that. But having this strict kind of diet or way of exercising or being healthy can actually take us away from being at our most vibrant and being at our most well, because generators do when they're tapped into their sacral, they're quite robust. And so it's like, you know, we can be more fluid and, and be, Mm -hmm. you can, you can eat the pizza or you can eat the, this and the, that, and it's not, and some people do have very sensitive systems, but when generators are aligned, they actually don't have super sensitive systems in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just found that I slept better my digestion was better. My skin was better by really prioritizing like, yeah, like letting that, letting that dogma go, letting the rules go, letting the structure go. Um, it's quite like, it's really mind blowing. You know, when you try everything from that place of like, I'm doing, and nothing works. And then you're like, how about I just stop? <laughs> and everything falls <laughs> into place. Like, you know, yeah, that's quite fascinating to me because I know I work with another system as well that's epigenetics based and it basically says this is what you're genetically born for. This is your purpose. This is how you should socialize. And what we'd see is that some people had such strong conditioning and say, that's not me. No, can't relate to yes. that. That's not me. And we're like, well, could you be curious and yeah. just try, give it a 30-day experiment of just doing these things that the system says and see how that feels. Some people, like you said, feel so good to get the permission slip because they've known yeah. that about themselves. But then, yeah, sometimes that conditioning is so strong that it's the scariest thing in the world to let go of what we've known yeah. and try something new. And that's kind of how I'm feeling as well. It's like I'm going against all logic right now of not caring about money or about business at all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and just surrendering, you know, like so. It it takes a lot of mental courage to be able to go against 
society's standards and values and rules and the mainstream and perhaps what our families are doing or even our partners. Like I know that when I was married for a long time, you do become expectant of the other person. So if they want to change the system now, that impacts me too. And so then my fear is involved in their changes and vice versa. So it's it's a really courageous thing to do. To yeah. <laughs> be true to ourselves. I, I agree. It's it takes a lot of courage. That, that's it really takes so much courage, immense courage. And I think that's the biggest thing. People say, like, oh yeah, but I'm just really scared. It's like join the club. I'm fucking terrified every day of my life. But it's like, you know, but it 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 it's it gets softer. It gets softer because you know that it works. But yeah, it takes it takes huge courage. Yeah. yeah. And how else have you like obviously your business, given that you teach soft business and living working in line with your design, how else have you seen that human design has impacted your life in general? Like where else does it show up for you? Yeah, I think one of the really big things for me as well, and we talked about this in your reading about emotions, and um, it's really interesting in human design because you can be very emotional and very sensitive in really different ways. And for me, it's something my whole life I was like, Let's definitely talk about this. There's going to be so many people like, oh, my God, Emmy, tell me everything about my emotions. (laughs) The one thing the world has shut down since the day of my birth. Yeah. Right. And it, it's so interesting because according to human design right now, we're actually in this period of, of like everyone learn how to deal with your emotional, like with your emotional way. That's really something we're all in the, we're all under the influence of right now. And I think I said this to you too, right? Like, because we're moving into like a higher level of, of spiritual understanding and spiritual awareness. And that cannot come through until we learn how to move, move through emotional frequency. And you're one of the people who, of course you are, who are leading us forward, but who's <laughs> leading the work, like obviously, <laughs> right? That's in your chart. Yeah. But for me, um, I have kind of the opposite to you where my emotional sense is very open. Um, so my emotional sense is wide open but it has a couple of little gates in there that, um, you know, interesting gates that make you, that basically make you feel things in an interesting way. Um, and so for me, I always, my, my, my whole life is kind of taking on other people's emotions and being hypersensitive to um, what people would say to me and crying very, very easily and, and all, all this kind of stuff. And I never, you know, in, in how many years, 20 something years, I just never thought that would ever change. You know, that that's just who I am. Um, and I, you know, I'd obviously tried the things that you read about, about, you know, protecting your energy and all this kind of stuff. But when I, when I understood emotion from a human design perspective, everything changed. And it just, it like almost makes me cry to think about how liberating that is from a lifetime of being just wounded all the time mm-hmm. by, by, what other people would say by the world, by anything, just so easily upset and wounded and afraid of how people would react to me or at me or see me or think of me. And yeah, in human design, you can either be a creator of emotional energy, which is what you are, Erin. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it can be this and, and every emotional being. So when the, if you're looking at your chart, those who are listening, the emotional center of the solar plexus center, if you're looking at it, it's kind of on the right hand side, there's a triangle there. If it's colored in, then you're an emotional being. So you're a creator of emotional frequency and of emotional energy. And depending on how it's connected to your chart you can of course be very different one person to the next but often emotional beings are the ones who are being told like you're too much you're too big or you're too you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. like just calm down like what's the big deal or whatever (laughs) the thing is you know can relate (laughs) (laughs) yeah just a little bit you know and and it's also that when you're an emotional being, you have an emotional wave. And so you can be like, you can meditate 12 hours, like who cares? You can be the happiest person on planet earth, super grateful for the life that you have, so mentally stable and healthy. And you still have days where you want to go into the, not want to, where you do go into the abyss and go into the darkness and go into the, and you're supposed to. Like part mm. of how you integrate and you process and you know yourself is through these highs and lows and like riding the wave. And I have friends now, I'm like, how are you going? She'll be like, I'm in the hole. And I'm like, right, let me know when you get out. You know, like and it's such. <laughs> I'm it's, here for you. Like, I love you. Totally. I accept you. I validate you. Enjoy yeah, the hole. Go exactly. For it, <laughs> Go for it. 
And it's so beautiful because a previous iteration of that would be like, what's wrong with her? Why is she in a mood? Did I just, and this is the open emotional thing. What did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, she hates me. Uh, You know, and so the defined emotional feels guilty for being in a low or not wanting to talk, whatever, their experience. And the open emotional is walking around all day, every day, being hurt for no reason at all and thinking that they've hurt other people when they haven't hurt anyone at all. Mm -hmm. And so both on both sides of the spectrum, we're we're really um, losing a lot of energy by not managing our own emotional self in kind of like an energetically correct way. Mm. That's so powerful. I've actually recorded another episode of the podcast, which at the time of recording, this one is not yet published, but I called it You're Born to Feel. (laughs) Yes. And essentially I was working with a counsellor who I have now said no to as part of my never-ending list of things I'm saying (laughs) no to. But what I realized is like he's an old paradigm being. He was Australian. Mm -hmm. He was in his 60s. I don't know what I was thinking. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Like my Australian family and like the Australian culture of like I call it the British hangover. Like, oh, yes, yeah. we're Australian, but we still have that very British thing of, like, it's not appropriate to be emotional and there's yeah. a stoicism and a, uh, a bit of discomfort from people. And, like, so much of my wounding is that I was such a deeply emotional person yeah. being raised in such an avoidant family where my yeah. emotions are always shut down and it was projected onto me and I internalised a lot of that and, and had a lot of difficulty and self-worth and I became a drug addict to try and deal with that pain yeah and I yeah. loved drugs because they yeah. took I felt nothing except good about myself you know like it was just like right, I just totally. like a fucking king yeah. and then the drugs wear off and you're like oh my god I've got so much pain like no one had given me any skills or tools on how to actually deal with that kind of emotionality and plus I had that overachieving thing where I was like if I'm going to take drugs, yeah. I'm going to be the best at it. I'm going to take more yeah, than totally. anyone else. <laughs> awesome. But, you know, it's that quality that got me in there that also got me out and I, I got yes. off drugs like that. I just had this bolt of enlightenment and this is not me, yeah. this is not my people, and I changed my direction. So I'm very grateful for that. But having yeah. all of that emotionality, I was talking to this counselor and I constantly felt like I had to kind of justify myself or explain myself or defend myself all the time. Yeah. It wasn't like he really got it. And at one point he said, well, you're a demanding person. And I was like, demanding of what? The truth? All I want is that we acknowledge, you know, I was talking about relationships that I'm having with people. Yeah. Like, just to speak about what's here between us. It's here. I just don't want to avoid or I can't deal with other avoidant people. So I then spoke to my previous partner and I was like, the counselor called me demanding. And he said, yeah, baby, you're demanding. And I was like, oh. You know, again, and he's like, you're emotionally demanding. You demand that I'm in my heart. And he's like, and I know when I'm going to see you or when I'm going to connect with you, I have to take time to be really grounded in my heart because that's what you deserve. And I was like, thank you. Like he really sees me and he actually said, you know, I need to find a new villa. He's like, you take up so much space. Yeah. And he's like, your emotions are so big. You need nature you need the spaciousness you can't live with someone else that's draining your energy you can't live in a small space and I was just like oh my god it's just so accurate you know that's the gift of someone that sees me he's got three right arrows he's a Mm. new paradigm being and I was like what am I doing trying to be counseled by someone who has his place in that paradigm but I'm just this totally sensitive emotional unicorn that needs someone to say you're a sensitive emotional unicorn and it's okay (laughs) yes yes and that's like such and you know I'm I'm obviously therapy is amazing and can be amazing all these things but this idea where we have to emotional beings aren't supposed to be able to explain their emotion it's like you you don't need a justification or reason Mm -hmm. or anything like this Mm -hmm. it's just like I'm in my way I'm I'm a I'm a feeler like I yeah and I love what your ex-partner said. It's like, yeah, you demand people to like, I would demand him to kind of be in their body and be in their heart. Mm-hmm. And how fucking beautiful is that? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I've been working on my expectations <laughs> to not have, <laughs> to not project my expectations onto people because I really saw it as a field of energy. Mm. And I do demand excellence, but I demand that from myself. You know, like yeah. I, I don't ask anything of anyone that I'm not 
embodying myself, but it does become hard for others who are like, Ooh, shit, I don't transform at the same rate she does. Yeah. I don't have the courage to face my deep inner world in the way that she does. And then that can make them feel really like, Oh my God, or they could sense. And certainly the last time I went to Tasmania, I was, I'd just been in Melbourne for three weeks and like it was in the middle of COVID and mm. I was happy to go back to Australia, but over time the energy of the city was just making me heavier and heavier and have all my life force was draining out of my body. And then I went to Tasmania and I was just like so uncomfortable. And I know that the people around me interpreted that as me judging them. You know, yeah. but I was recognizing this environment is not good for me. It is the yeah. opposite of what I need in order to thrive but then other people's like, oh, she thinks she's better than us. Or like, why are you so good? Or yeah. like, you know, why are you judging this? And I'm like, okay, I've got to, A, pull back that energy and self-contain that because as much as I think mm. I'm not judging, my field is so strong and so big, people can sense like Aaron's, you know, like when I walk in the room, they all go, Aaron. Or they go, Aaron's here. Aaron. Like the total opposite. <laughs> Depending on where that emotional wave is, regardless yeah. of you have an awareness, I've walked in the room. <laughs> yeah. So in pulling my expectations back from others, like, yes, I can want excellence from people and I can be discerning of who I choose to share my inner world with that they can match me in those places. And even if they don't share the same qualities that at least they can understand and really allow and encourage me to be my full self and say, yeah, of course, Erin's yeah. running forward at life a million miles an hour and over time. Like she's going to outgrow us. And that's like, yeah. he said to me, I know my head's on the chopping block with you forever because the day that I don't fit anymore, you're going to move on. And that's just yeah. who you are. And I was just yeah. like, God, he is spectacular because yeah. he also said to me, I've got three or four good hours in me. Last time we spent time together, I found myself getting fatigued. I don't want to get fatigued today. I'd love us to be completed by this time of the afternoon. He's like, I've always been like that, even when I was running my business. And I'm like, good, Mr. Projector. Oh, my God. <laughs> he right. knows. Oh, my God, it's amazing. He knows. He knows without knowing this yeah. is how I operate at my best. I don't, he's I never internalized that. it in the way that I have. I think that's the really big difference is like he taught me, yeah, I'm different. Yeah, I'm a one in a million. I'm a strange unicorn, but I'm a strange unicorn. Like yeah. I'm going to have to operate my life differently. I'm going to have to operate my relationships differently because I'm a unicorn. Whereas I had gone, oh God, I'm not yeah. like everyone else. And like, oh, I'm too difficult and I'm too much. And I'm too, di yeah. like, I'm too hard to love. And like, all of it became my problem rather than saying, I'm a fucking magical unicorn. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. And it's, it's a, interesting how for some people they can just embody, like they're just like, yeah, we can find that sometimes in human design charts. Some people with like a defined heart can be like, yeah, it's how I am. I'm I'm crazy. I'm different. I'm whatever. And I'm going to do me. And then some of us, like these open heart generators, we're like, oh, I want to be <laughs> the girl next door. You know? Yeah, like, just sometimes. But I yeah. was laughing also when you told me that I have, I'm very much like a reflector and then I, that is what made me feel seen. That's where I really related to my chart, the hypersensitivity, the knowingness of what, you know, that really strong discernment of good, bad, right, wrong, yes, no, yeah. that people don't necessarily listen to or they think, again, they misinterpret that as being judgmental plus the need for a lot of alone time, like all of that I relate to. But then I was like, of course, Aaron being Aaron is the fucking polarity of like, the force yeah. of nature of a generator and <laughs> the sensitivity of a reflector. Like I was never going to be just one of those. I was always yeah. going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love that because sometimes people go like, I'm extroverted, but I'm introverted, but I'm like confident, yes. but I'm like terrified. It's like, and some, sometimes people have a very, um, sometimes people's chart is just very um, cohesive. And then mm -hmm. other people's charts are very much like, you're this, but you're also this, you know, like some people are very logical, but they're also like crazy intuitive in this like specific way. And I love yeah. where we can, uh, yeah, like accept our contradictions. It's like, I'm not just this super sensitive kind of like open reflector, whatever. And I'm not also just this powerhouse generator. Yeah. yeah. So what a gift it is to know ourselves and then also just, you know, find the right people who can mm. support that and mm. if we are these yeah. different unicorns I'm I know that the people listening in my audience every single one of you will relate to that in some way shape or form yeah. like we're not the girls next door and that's why you're listening to me and that's why I love you it's like we we're that 
we are those unique beings that want more, that are looking for something different. And and when we find each other to just value and cherish each other and, you know, say, yeah, we're here because we're leading the way and the world's not yeah. quite there yet. It doesn't make yeah. us bad or wrong. It's actually that we're really advanced and gifted in many ways. You know, I was yeah. trying to explain to someone else a similar concept a while ago and I was like, imagine if you're a scientist now and you understand health and hygiene and germs and the need to wash your hands before you eat. And you had to travel back in time (laughs) to the time when they'd throw their feces out the window in, you know, old England and you'd have to just walk through that. And you've got to try and explain to these people, you need to wash your hands before you eat. Yeah. But you've got to try and explain that because we know about germs and we know about microbiomes and like when you have this advanced knowledge that seems normal to you, but you're living in a world of something different, it can be really hard to have to translate who we are and what we know to a world around us that might be operating in a completely different frequency. So little unicorns unite because we understand each other. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's it. And one of the biggest things actually that like when I have readings, this is one of the biggest things that comes through. It's like, but no one else, like, you know, when it's, it's one, it's one thing to have the courage to like, to surrender to your design. And it's the other thing to have to almost, and particularly for someone like our Mm. charts, where we don't have a lot of definition in the top of our chart. It's another thing to try to explain why to someone who doesn't get it. It's almost impossible. Mm. And sometimes they will, well, yeah, like they'll give you advice to try to help you when they're just not seeing the world from the lens that you're seeing it. And so one of the biggest things that comes through in readings is like, I need like I need to manifest a friend or a group of friends who get this. I'm like, do it, write it out. Yes. Be like, hey, universe, bring me at least one. You know what? People email me all the time about the reading, blah, blah, blah. And I met someone who I can talk to about this stuff and it's just oh. totally changed everything. And that's like my favorite thing to hear, you know, like we do need <laughs> yes. each other. We do. Yeah. Yes. I remember when I first started practicing yoga, feeling the same way I said to my coach at the time, I was working as a flight attendant and everyone in aviation just talks about the color of our nail polish and what's happening right. in the gossip magazines <laughs> and like what's the latest diet that we're all on. And I was like yeah. secretly doing angel cards and learning about past <laughs> yes. lives. And I said to my coach, I really just want people who understand this. And she said, Oh, what would you have? And I was like, I don't know, just three or four friends, you know, blah, blah, blah. and then I remember one day after yoga and it said, Oh, who's going for coffee afterwards? And we were sitting around and everyone was talking about vibration. And I was like, this is the moment. This is what, (laughs) this is the most normal thing in the world to these people is just these kind of conversations. And it felt like the biggest breath of fresh air from the world that I was coming from. But like, look at me now. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, ask for what you want. Ask the universe for what you want and need, because the universe does want to support our growth and it wants to support. That's, that's one of my deepest beliefs is like, this is who I was born to be. The universe wants me to be me. There's a reason why I have these gifts and these skills and this nature right now. I came to earth at this time with a reason and being me is necessary. So the universe is going to provide everything that I need to be me. That that's the deconditioning that we need to go through. It's not like we have to step oh, yeah. out of alignment to get into alignment. Because that's what mm. I see a lot of people doing. I hate my job, but if I can just work for another two years and get this much money, yeah. then I can step onto my path and follow my dream. Or like I'm just really hating my body now and I'm just going to starve it until I get to that skinny weight and then I'm going to love myself. And it's like you're hating yeah. yourself to love yourself. Yeah. You're taking yourself further away from your soul to get to your soul. Like that's never going to work. It's mm-hmm. going to, you're going to exhaust yourself before you reach it. But if we can have that courage and say, getting in alignment only gets us more in alignment. Yes. <laughs> so if I start moving in that direction now, the resources come in, the friends come in, the information yes. comes in, the opportunities come in. Like the universe wants us to be living our uniqueness. Yes. And that's the, that's really the basis behind human design. It's like, here's your map because the universe wants you to be this, Mm. you know? And, and I often say like, maybe there is a projector who's in a nine to five or very, whatever. It's like, okay, when I get out of it, then I can live my projector life. It's like, just start living it now. Like if you want to sleep all day on Sunday, sleep all day. Like, you know, the the smallest little things that you can do. And that's the big thing with human design. It is, it's just like saying no to like one thing as a generator. That's, that is, that is 
so small, but it's everything at the same time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or true Erin Styles say no to a hundred things in a week. To everything. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of made me a little bit sad that actually there were so many things to say no to because I was like, are we really back there, Erin? Like I'd done a big up-leveling nine to 12 months ago where I felt like I was Mm -hmm. just shedding so much. And so there was part of me that was judging myself like, oh, man, are we back there where we've just settled so in so many ways for things that only make me 75% happy? But then through my journaling, I was like, no, Erin, it's a sign of growth. It's not that you've done anything bad or wrong. It's just that you're evolving so fast that you do outgrow your environment very quickly. But I feel like whatever this is, I'm breaking through when I get the fucking oxygen in my lungs again, I feel like at least there's like, this is a big chunk for me. And I hope that I can kind of stabilize that for a while, you know, like it kind of feels like I've been going up level, up level, up level to kind of get to this place where okay, we're pretty good here. And like, of course there'll be evolution and growth, but that's what it feels like to me intuitively. Anyway, like this is a big chunk and, and to also have that refinement of like noticing where I am settling and where I am accepting things that I haven't really wanted and just being way more discerning about that and clear about that and, and making sure that it's really, truly a big fat yes, rather than just a medium. Yes. (laughs) Totally. And it's really interesting. I feel like the more you surrender to it as a generator like I went through the last six months uh, six weeks for me have been like you know I, I set fire to my whole entire life pretty much mm. but the moment before it happened I was still I wasn't bad do you know what I mean like I wasn't mm. in a bad place I was in a good you know I was in it everything yeah. was pretty good but then it just became clear like this all has to go and it's like, holy shit, how did that happen? Like, how did, but it is, you kind of just get to a point and then you have this next layer of like refinement. And instead of, yeah, going to that place, which is like, how did I get there again? Like, I thought I was doing really well. It's like, no, you're just, you're just fine tuning it to this, like, you know, yes. nth degree. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're just going to take a quick break in the episode here to share some love for our amazing sponsor, Maeve. Pleasure is good for you. Unleash and expand your self-pleasure or explore fresh partner intimacy with Maeve. Maeve is your elegant guided pleasure app with a continuously growing audio library of erotic stories, guided sessions and soundscapes created by top-notch creative writers, sex and relationship therapists, poets and orgasmic life experts and brought to life by the most sultry voices and soundscapes. Give yourself or a lucky one the gift of pleasure and use the code ERIN20 to get 20% off your subscription. Details can be found in the show notes or head to withmave.com. Now let's jump back into the episode. Amazing. So if people have been listening today who know nothing about human design and have never seen their chart, what are kind of the first yes. steps for people to find out what the hell we've been talking about this whole time? <laughs> yeah, totally. So you can you need your time, date, and place of birth and then my my favorite website to use is jovian archive so it's j-o-v-i-a-n i think archive and it you put your details in it looks like it looks really difficult to understand but you just mm-hmm. want to find out your um, aura type is a nice place to start right so you just want to find mm-hmm. if you're a generator or a projector um, you can look at those arrows we've been talking about um yeah and you can like there's a lot of information online I'm not I'm very biased but I think that it is nice to get someone else to see you and to read it when you when you feel connected to someone of course I think that's so important like not to just jump to the first reader you hear of or come across but when you just feel like that's my person they speak my language and then from that place the research is interesting because you know you can read about a defined emotional center, but it has to be in the context of your whole chart to really mm. get like, you know, the juice of it. Yeah. So let's just talk briefly about the aura. Cause you did mention that a few times in my reading about mm. growing our aura or having a sh- sparkly, shiny aura. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about our aura. So basically in, in human design, the energy types are sometimes called the aura types. And so generators and manifesting generators um, some people put them all in one category of generators and that MGs are like a subcategory. Um, I personally see MGs and Gs really differently. I feel that we're 
actually so different. The the thing that that connects us though, G's and MG's, is that we have um, a defined sacral center, right? And so when you have a defined sacral center, if you're looking at that chart, it's second from the bottom. If it's colored in any color, you're a G or an MG, and part of like your keeping your aura healthy and strong is to do things that excite you and that you enjoy and that light you up. And so particularly pure generators, when pure generators are very committed to living a life that feels like yes, as much as possible, it doesn't matter where you're at. Maybe maybe if like 90% of your life doesn't feel like yes right now, but in the 10% that you have room to play with, you're still committing to like, I don't know, reading the fantasy novel or like baking a ridiculous cake because it just makes you so happy. And that's going to make your aura very shiny and very sparkly, particularly the, the pure generators can have a very attractive, like sparkly, friendly, warm aura. And the idea is that when you commit to like making your aura shiny by doing what you love, things just are pulled in towards you, you know, like everything kind of moves towards you. And if we talk about it, even from like, say it's a business perspective as a generator, it's like, yes, it's important to do the things you need to do for your business, but it's also important to really make sure that you're lit up and you're like, you know, like you're doing things that bring you pleasure and joy and you find beautiful and inspiring in terms of like what you're eating and how you're spending your day and the music you listen to, whatever, because if your aura is turned on, then people just want to be in it. They just want to be a part of the party. It doesn't matter what you're selling or what you're doing. That's just your aura is everything. Um, And for someone like a projector, the projector aura is very penetrating. So projectors really see into people, right? So sometimes people can actually be a little bit like, confronted by a projector aura particularly if they're not particularly if they're like a g or an mg who's really good at like you know being avoidant and just like not seeing themselves and like it's that feeling where someone like looks into your soul and you're like oh my god and you know everyone has the potential to do that but projectors kind of just see through and so projector Mm -hmm. auras they projector auras um instead of being kind of shiny and bubbly and bright they kind of um, almost project like, I know about this. I'm really good at this, you know, like whatever, ask me about this. And for your aura to have that almost neon flashing sign, projectors need to A, see themselves first because they can spend their whole life seeing other people, validating other people, trying to prove themselves to other people where not like, and not feeling that they're good enough or mm-hmm. whatever the thing is. So projectors, it's like, see yourself and rest, do less. Like, and some projectors can be so conditioned because they live in such a generator world to overwork and overwork and overwork. A lot of projectors are actually in that space of like, I love working because you can get very addicted to the sacral energy. But a projector is like, at their kind of highest peak when they're really, really comfortable with like, yeah, I'm going to work for a couple hours or I'm going to see those people for a little while. And then I'm going to go home. I'm going to take a big ass nap, you know, for three hours. <laughs> I'm just going to be on my own. I'm going to do it like that makes a projector or a very like, it's kind of like in your face. And you're like, I need to, I need that person. Like I need mm. that person around because they know they have the answers or they have the skills. Mm. And what about manifestors? Manifesto auras are really interesting because if you look it up, sometimes it says repelling, which I don't I don't like that word because what manifesto auras do, manifesto auras like push outwards. Mm-hmm. You know, they really like push into your face. And so for manifestors, often when we come across a manifesto, we'll either be like, oh my God, like drawn to them because their energy is like mm-hmm. very powerful. And it's, again, a manifesto can be quiet and gentle and soft, but their aura is very masculine, you know, mm-hmm. but you can, and some manifestors were like, oh my God, such a bitch. Like it's terrible, but that's mm-hmm. what can happen. You're like, oh, because of the aura. And so for manifestors, the way that your aura, the way that almost you've got to break through your aura so that people can see you is by using your voice. Mm. So when manifestors can really, and a lot of manifestors can be massive people pleasers. A lot of manifested women definitely like shrink themselves in a really big way because they're, mm-hmm. they have this, I guess, trauma of people maybe judging them before they know them, like all these kinds of things. So if a manifestor can really 
use their voice and also, you know, with as much love and as kindness as possible, just do whatever the fuck they want. Then the aura attracts the people who need to jump on their bus and get on their train. And that's what it's like with a manifesto. It's like the people who get their vision or the way that they are, it's like they're supposed to be on their bus. And the people who don't get it, it's like don't even waste your time trying to convince them to see the world from your view. So manifestos mm-hmm. can be very polarizing in a way. Um, so yeah, when a manifesto uses a voice, and manifestors are the only 9% of the population who like decide what they want to do out of like mm-hmm. absolute nowhere. Like, I'm going to do this. This is what's <laughs> happening. Let's go right now. And everyone's like, you don't want to think about it. Like, and it's just like, no, nah, we're doing it. It's happening. You know, are you coming or you're not? Um, so yeah, when manifestors can really use their voice and really allow themselves to just do the thing that they want to do, the right people are very attracted to them. They attract the right people to who they basically need to help them um, change the world in whatever way they're changing the world. And then reflectors are um, really for reflectors to to make your aura. Reflectors have a beautiful aura. They're like soft and strong. You know, they're so strong but also so soft. And reflectors are like the ultimate curators. Mm. So reflectors like, you know, you're never being too sensitive. If you're in a space and something feels off, change it if you can or it's not your space and really like reflecting on how do you feel in that person's energy and maybe you felt great in their energy for 10 years but now you're like every time I'm in their space like it feels off listen to that and you're just you're constantly curating the things the people the way you move through the world so that it feels good and when it feels like that's you kind of create that good feeling in your aura as well that, you know, reflectors, I feel, are more connected to the earth and more connected to living in the way that we probably should be living than anyone else. They understand it on a, mm. a deeper level than we can understand it. Reflectors are lunar beings while we're all solar beings. Um, so if they want to really take care of the aura, it's like be very selective with who gets your energy, who's in your space, what's in your space, um, and also never rush for like and not like none of us should really rush except manifestors maybe can do it sometimes but like reflectors you know any decision a reflector wants to make sit with it for 30 days sit with it for long like really just like yeah be be um be very different if you're a reflector Mm. like you're just you're just different and there's not a lot of you on the planet and yeah oh emmy this has all been so amazing and so validating Thank you so much for sharing all your beautiful wisdom. If people want to find more about you and what you offer, let us know. How can they do that? Yeah, um, I think Instagram is the best way. So I'm at the daily rest on Instagram. Um, Yeah, and I have a website, amyray.com, and I just share all this kind of stuff. It's not really just human design knowledge, but a little bit of everything amazing yeah we'll put all of that in the show notes of course so people can find you easily but thank you so much for being here today. so thank welcome you so much for sharing your wisdom so everyone i hope you've enjoyed this Such episode a pleasure. of pleasure healing as always i'd love to hear from you please find me on instagram come and share the love let me know your takeaways and let me know what triggered you let me know if you've got any questions i want to know it all make sure you subscribe and share this episode and until next time laugh loud and fuck louder Mwah.